This is the Commonwealth City Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. Commonwealth is a church in Lexington, Kentucky. For more info, visit our website at commonwealthcitychurch.com and follow us on Instagram at comcitychurch. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, it was a privilege uh, for my family and I to be here this morning with y'all to gather in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, my wife and I actually, uh, before we went to the mission field, we lived up in Louisville. Um, we're not going to get into rivalries. I was actually going to Southern, a seminary up there. Um, but we spent two years in Kentucky. Uh, we absolutely love Kentucky. Our home is Texas, uh, so that's where we kind of grew up and, and, and lived. But, but we just had an amazing time in Kentucky. So for us to be back, it's a joy. So currently, we're on what they call stateside or furlough. So we're back in the States for, for a bit uh, until we see where God is, is leading us next. And so we spent a few months in Texas um, this first part of the year. We got here in the summer and now we're in Louisville uh, for this semester. Uh, I'm teaching at Boyce College up there as well as we're missionary and residents on campus. And so it is a privilege and joy for us to be with you this morning. And as we think about just missions and, and we're going to dive into John 17, as we think about what does it look like for us to be sent out one? What does it look like for us to to be messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, my wife and I, we, we, we were blessed to, to grow up in the church and, and to be raised and to be nurtured, to be taught the word of God. And by God's grace for the last 12 and a half years, we've served on the mission field. We left Louisville, Kentucky and, and headed to Indonesia uh, we spent three years there working and, and ministering the gospel. My, uh, my background, my undergrad is in agriculture development. Um, there I, I ran an agriculture farm just trying to get the gospel to, to villagers, to get the gospel to people that had never heard. Indonesia, largest Muslim country in the world, we had the privilege of just engaging Muslims with the gospel and to see God do a transforming work. As we, as we dive into John 17, what does that look like that the world may know of who Jesus Jesus is. Well, you, you see that, that, that time in Indonesia was awesome. My wife and I love it. Our oldest son was, was born in Indonesia. Uh, but that time actually came to a quick end because, uh, you see, I got sick in Indonesia. I got this nasty tropical um, nastiness is what I called it. Literally, it's a malabsorption. I, I ate something. I, I, I eventually got worms and parasites and stuff like that in my body. I don't know what your bodies are like, but um, that just wasn't good for me. Um, so just literally just living on the toilet. Um, that's what we call it, the, the, the restroom. Just living in there, just spending a lot of quality time in there. And it just wasn't the best. Um, and so God just uh, threw This is a long, long story, but, but God opened a door for us to transfer out of the tropics into uh, where we landed in Manchester, England. I don't know if you know about Britain or the UK, but it is not tropical. Um, and so it is very cold um, and, and it was really nice. And so we lived in Manchester for six years and, and God really just used us mightily to, to, to in one sense, fall in love with Europe. You saw the video. We've been the last three years in London. When my wife and I, nine years ago, moved to the UK, we did not feel like real missionaries. Um, we didn't feel like we needed to be there. We're in an English-speaking country. Um, we're, we're, we're engaging with people that actually have church buildings. They actually have buildings that, that, are, that are over a thousand years old. Like, what, what does that look like for us to bring the gospel to people that know the gospel? And so my wife and I moved there, and we really had to wrestle with this, wrestle with, with passages like John 17. God, we know that you've sent us here. We know that you have called us and set us apart, that the world may know of your gospel 
But what does that look like practically for here? Because it looks like, in this context, am I really needed? One of the things I did, my wife is, is out on the streets taking our Jetson was, was one and a half at the time. Um, we're, we're engaging people, we're meeting people, we're, we're kind of mapping the city, getting to know the city. Um, Judson was actually instrumental in this. I mean, he wouldn't be ashamed of me saying this, but, but Judson's a little aggressive. He's our little, he loves sports and all that. But at one and a half, he, he had this thing that he liked to do, which is called hitting people. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. But, but so he liked it to kind of be a little aggressive. Um, and, and so he used to hit a lot of kids um, just for fun. Um, and we as parents, we tried, we were talking about parenting earlier up here. Um, we tried to tell our kids that's not the best thing to do. Um, but nonetheless, that allowed us to really connect with a lot of families in Manchester because my wife and I were always apologizing. I'm, I'm sorry for my kid. Uh, but nonetheless, we, we still have some of those friends that are still some of our dearest friends. But one of the things that I did, and, and, and going for a one of the things that I did is I grabbed every book I could on Britishness and Englishness. And, and just trying to understand their culture, trying to understand who these people are that we're trying to engage with. And I came across this quote. It's written by an English anthropologist. Uh, she's not a Christian. Um, she's just writing uh, based on, on their religion or understanding of a religious worldview. And she says this. She says, we're not a country of atheists, nor are we agnostics, because both of those require a degree of interest in whether or not there's a deity Enough to reject or question the notion. Most English people just aren't bothered about it. And when I read that, it just struck a, a chord in my heart. How will the world know Jesus if we don't tell them? Even in Britain, a place where we speak English, which is an amazing thing. A place where we can engage and we can meet our neighbors and we can meet people on the streets and we can be on university campuses. But yet most people aren't even bothered about the thought of who Jesus is. And so today we come to our passage. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, an amazing uh, chapter in the Bible that just reminds us of, uh, of Jesus' prayer. Jesus' high priestly prayers, it's often been times called, uh, of praying for his disciples and praying for us, those that will believe uh, but what a beautiful passage. We're just going to finish up uh, the last part of this chapter, starting John 17, starting in verse 22. So John 17, verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you've loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you've given me, may be with me where I am. To see my glory that you have given me. Because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name. And I will continue to make it known. That the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. What a, what a glorious passage as we, as we see this phrase constantly, glory. I mean, what does it really mean to understand God's glory? We, 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 I think, sometimes flippantly throw that word around oftentimes. But what does it mean to actually our lives are revolved around God? 
Our lives are revolved around Christ. What does it look like for me to give and devote my life to Christ? And I, one of the things I want to do today is I don't want to give that flippantly. I mean, uh, one of the things, I mean, I'm a professional Christian. Like, I get paid to be a Christian. Um, it's, 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 it's the best job in the world, to be honest. But, but, but I love that I get to go to the nations to tell people about Jesus. That, that for the last 12 and a half years that we, my wife and I, with our, our family and our kids, that we get to devote ourselves to sharing this great news. That the world may know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That we want to bring all glory and all honor and all praise and, and everything that our lives are involved in, we want to bring glory to God. We want him to receive all the praise and glory. And if we look back at this chapter, and, and I think y'all have been walking through John, but we look back briefly, Jesus did this prayer. He's praying about a couple of things. One, he prays for himself. Jesus is praying for himself and, and, and as he's going to the cross and as he will die a, a death that we deserve because of our sins. And it doesn't stop there. He raises again to give us life, but, but he prays for himself. Then he goes on, he prays for his disciples. He prays for his disciples to take this message to the world. Prays for them, as we'll see later, to actually be protected from the evil one. Jesus prays that they're not taken out of this world. So we here, we're not taken out of this world, but no, we live in this world. We're here in this world, but Jesus prays, but protect them from the evil one. Protect them from Satan who wants to devour, wants to destroy, wants to kill but Jesus is praying for us that we may be protected. He's also praying that, that we live as sent out ones into the world. What a, what a beautiful prayer that, that we can be prayed for. That, that those that believe, those that trust in Christ, I pray as they go out into the world. And then concluding, as we're seeing here, he prays for unity and he prays for love. That as we are sent out, are we unified? And now as we look at this passage, one of the things that, that the question I have is, 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 what does this look like for us? I mean, so we're saying, yes, we're sent out ones. We, we want to go to the nations. We want to go to right here at the University of Kentucky. We want to go to Lexington. We want to go across Kentucky and across the world, the ends of the earth, to bring the gospel. But, but what does that mean? What does that, what does that mean for us to, to live that out? On a day-to-day -day basis and tomorrow when you wake up and you've got school or you've got work or, or even some moms and dads, maybe you're teaching your kids or getting them off to school, what does that look like practically for us to live this out? Well, I think one thing is, is, is purely and simple, and I, and I think this is what, what is illustrated when Jesus continually reminds us throughout John 17, he's constantly reminding us to, to be united in this oneness just as the Father and Jesus are united. There's this oneness. And, and I don't think this is specifically talking about just unity of the body of Christ. Now, there's lots of passages we could go to. We could talk about that. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. There's actually some debate on this. I actually think this is a oneness in our relationship with Jesus Christ. That actually what, what, what God did through his son, Jesus Christ, was he brought us back into a relationship with God. Because you see, at the beginning, uh, we, we see this, this creation of the world, and God created man, and, and man sinned, and man actually, because of mankind, we are separated from God. But through Jesus Christ, we are now brought back, and we can be one with God, that we can actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think as we think about, what does it look like for me to be a sent out one? Uh, what does it look like for me and my context, wherever you are, to live as, as Christ's child, to live as a as child of God 
is to know Christ. And one of my, one of my questions that we're always wrestling through is, do we know Christ? Do we, do we truly know this, this gospel that we say that we love and we sing songs and praises to on a constant basis? Do we follow after Christ? Do, do we devote our lives to that? Do we, do we, do we read our, our, our word? Do we, do we pray and, and seek God to just give us strength and give us understanding and give us clarity on, on a day-to-day basis? Or are we just very self-absorbed? Or are we really just kind of looking at like, how can I, how can I get ahead of the game in my business? How can, how can I achieve um, success in my life? How, how can I get a bigger house and a, and a, and a 20-inch TV screen or 200-inch TV screen? That's what I want, this new Samsung wall. They're pretty sweet. Um, but, but we're always trying for more. Or are we just devoting our lives to Christ and the gospel? We, we, we see this phrase, the, the glory of God. Are we, are we seeking after God's glory or our own? You see, practically, I think as, as, as my wife and I have, have, have desired to just bring the gospel to bear, you saw this in the video, to people in, in, a, in a UK context, we're oftentimes just blown away by the, the people that we meet that have no concept of the gospel. They've never heard of Jesus. Or maybe they've heard of him, but they haven't heard of Jesus of the Bible. Oh, yeah, he was, he was, he was a good person. Oh, yeah, yeah, he might have he been a prophet. He might have he been a, I think people even thought that maybe he was like a king, like a ruler at some point in time in history. Uh, some of the phrases that we hear in the UK context that, that Christianity was a failed experiment. Yeah, we tried that a long time ago to do that Christianity thing. It just didn't work out. And so as we look at our context, how do we engage people with the gospel? We, we read passages like this and the, the, the glory of God and, and what does it look like for me to, to, to live in this context? And, and even in John 17 before, as I said, that we're not taken out of this world, but we're in this world. We're living life with, with people. What does, that, what does that really look like? And I think for my wife and I, just really wrestling through that, how do we just know people? How, how do we really connect with people? And so one of my questions for you is, what does that look like in your own life? Maybe that's once a week you open up your home and you have non-Christians in for dinner. Once a week, you're saying, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to devote this night of the week and we're going to try to get our colleagues, our friends, our fellow students, those that don't know gospel, and, and just have them over for a meal. Maybe, maybe it's a game night. Maybe it's not even food. We just hang out with non-Christians. Uh, maybe it's in your, in your job that actually you, you're just like, you know what, once a week, I'm just going to go to lunch with my co- one of my colleagues or a couple of my colleagues and just to be a light for the gospel, just to try to, to, to talk to them about who Christ is. Because you see, I think one of the things that I've, I've wrestled with and, and seen uh, growing up in the church and, and knowing the, the amazingness of the church, we love the church, but I think sometimes we get in our own little bubble. We get in our own little Christian context, and you know what? It's easier to go to small group. It's easier just to, to, to show up at church on a, on a Sunday. It's harder for me to engage with a lost and dying world out there, a world that doesn't care about what I think, about the God that I serve, about the fact that I go to church or I don't go to church. But what does that look like to simply begin to figure out, okay, what are some ways that I can be purposeful and intentional about engaging people with the gospel? People ask us all the time, like, how do, you, how do you be a missionary? And what does that practically look like for you? And I oftentimes tell people all the time, it, it shouldn't look that much different than your life here. 
It shouldn't look that much different than us trying to bring this glorious gospel that comes and found in the word of God to people. The, the, the difference that oftentimes sets us apart from others is that we're intentional and purposeful about doing that. And so having people into our home, going to them to engage them with the gospel. Because I think, like I said this before, I think sometimes we just get this, this church concept. We come to church and we gather and we, we study and we worship and we, we know God. And, and give me, hear me clearly, we love that. My wife and I do that even on the mission field. We love the church. But at the same time, we leave that building on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, and we go to the world. And we engage the world where they're at. And that's on the campuses. That's, that, that's, that's in the coffee shops. Uh, that, that's in my home. That's in their home. And we're engaging them so that they may know the hope of Jesus Christ. Because how else are they going to know of Jesus unless we tell them? Romans 10. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. Are we proclaiming that gospel to others? Now, now practically for us, um, I, I love Starbucks. Now, I know it's not the best coffee in the world. I get that. They have great sugary coffee. I, I love a white mocha. I mean, that's, that's just awesome. Um, but I did recently go to um, something lime. North Lime. We've got one in Louisville. So, because I, I think it started here. I just went to one of those last week. That's awesome. That's legit. Um, and so that was amazing. So I, I love my coffee. But my question is, as we're, whatever it is that you do, as you're having coffee, as you're doing your thing, what does it look like to engage with people? You know Starbucks' motto? You know what they started off on? Like they wanted to be a third space. A third place in your life, outside of home, outside of work, where you gathered and you're a part of community. And that was your third place in life. So we've used Starbucks a lot. Starbucks actually allows us to use our buildings for, for music night, gig nights, um, game nights. And so we use them a lot as a place to connect. And as we connect, as we meet people, we, we try to pull them or, pull them or, 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 or let them know other places we can go. That could be church. I, I just think in our context, most of the time, people aren't going to step foot in church. Um, that's just our reality. Uh, most people would be like, hey, come to church with me on Sunday. Uh, no, thank you. And so, but they will come for a meal. I'm from Texas. Um, I eat meat. I don't know if y'all know that. Meat, lots of meat. Um, and so I've got my own smoker in London. I've got a smoker because um, I'm Texan. And they'll come for food all the time. People love food. And so they'll come and they'll hang out in our home. They'll, they'll, they'll chat with us. And as we're, we're chatting, my wife and I, our desire is to not just talk about sports. I love sports. We watch sports. But it's not just to talk about sports. It's not just to talk about, right now we're going on Brexit. It's not just to talk about politics and the chaos of Brexit. It's to talk about the hope that's within me, that's found through Jesus Christ. And so while we talk about those, we have great conversations about all kinds of things. But at the same time, how can we get the gospel to people? My wife and I have been blessed. Um, even this last year, um, we had one of our, our friends from Manchester, uh, a believer, uh, or she came to be a believer in Manchester. Her, her name is, we call her Ray Ray, a Muslim background girl um, from Iran. And so in Manchester, my wife and I got to meet her. And by God's grace, we got to watch the Holy Spirit work in her life, transform her, save her, redeem her. And we've been a part, she's been a part of our life for, for almost nine years now. 
most recently, she was um, trying to pray about what God was leading her to do, what's next, ministry, life, work. And so she moved out of London. And she's lived with us this last year. I live with my wife. She's like, she's, well, my wife and I, she's like an aunt to my boys. Um, she's like family. But, but, I, but I think about that sometimes in our concept, and even my wife and I, as, as God kind of breaks us down as we look at passages like this, how's the world going to know our, our love for one another? How's the world going to know that, that we follow Christ and we live for Him and that, that everything revolves around His glory and not our own? And sometimes it's sacrificing. And so opening up, I don't know if you know about houses in London, they're not very big. But what does it look like to open up our home for, for basically what we consider a sister and an aunt, a Christian that needs a place to stay? And so she lived with us for the last year, and it's just family. She has no family. Most of her family disowned her practically. They're back in Iran, uh, Tehran, and, and, and they don't want her to believe in Jesus. They don't want her to, to follow this, this, this king and this, this ruler, this, this God that she now believes in her heart and her life are wrapped around him. And so my wife and I just loving her and becoming family and becoming united because we share this oneness with Christ because of, as we're seeing this passage, what just as the Father and Jesus are one, so we are one with Christ. And so what does that practically look like? University of Kentucky, 30,000 students here. Number 10 in basketball right now. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, Baylor lost yesterday. I don't know that's good for y'all. But 300,000 people in Lexington area. What does that look like for you right here to be engaging people with the gospel? Is it sacrifice? Is it time? Is it, is it, is it money that you're giving up a, a coffee a week so that I can, I can go and have lunch with one of my colleagues? Is it opening up my home, even, even as an introverted person? My wife and I are extroverted. We're a little bit different when we get that. But even as an introverted person, opening up my home, they're coming to my space, my place, and having a meal or a game night with us with the intent that they know who Christ is. Are we willing to do that? Are, are, we, are we willing to, to, to look at the world in which we live and to say, how are they going to know Christ unless we tell them? I think it's fascinating as, as, we, look, as we look at this passage and, and kind of just, just wrestling through this, this concept of, of oneness and, and, and God's glory. And, and what does it look like that the world may know? But it keeps going on at the end. Oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And... These know you that you, these know that you have sent me. These disciples, those, those ones that are following after Christ. And, and I look across this room and I'm, I'm assuming that most in this room are Christians. And we're in that category. We know God. We, by God's grace, have been blessed with salvation, that, that he has transformed our lives, that we are, are now new creations because of the gospel. And the question, are we just holding that? hope and joy and love and salvation within ourselves, or are we actually telling that to a lost and dying world out there? And so my hope and my prayer for all of us is that don't just look at, at professional missionaries. Yeah, they go tell people the gospel. Uh, yeah, they share the good news of Jesus Christ outside of these walls. 
No, as John 17, I think, is so clearly and evidently illustrating to all of us that we are God's messengers. We are his sent out ones to the ends of the earth. Are we willing to, to do that? Are we willing to, to, to look at the world around us and say, no, they're not going to know unless I tell them. Uh, they're not going to know unless I'm willing to, to, to get into their lives and to build a relationship and, and actually connect with them. And, and as I do that, I actually share the gospel. And I'm not talking about an old school kind of mentality that we had. That we had this thing called like um, friendship evangelism. The, the unfortunate, that's actually a good thing. The, the unfortunate thing is we oftentimes did is, is we were either friends with them over here and we forgot to tell them that we love Jesus and we're believers. Or... We were just Christians over here. We're like, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe in Jesus. And we forgot to be their friend. And it's not talking about separating those two. It's actually talking about bringing those together. No, I love people. Love people. And so how do I love them enough to actually share the hope that's within me? To actually share with them that Christ is the only way to salvation. That, that Jesus Christ can and will transform your life if you will put your trust and faith in him. And are we willing to share that with others? In closing, I just want to just think about these couple questions. How's the world going to know Jesus? How will your friends know not the person sitting next to you's friends, but your friends. How will your family members know of the gospel of Jesus? How will your colleagues know of who Jesus is? How will your fellow classmates know? How will the people here at University of Kentucky or Lexington, how will the world know of Jesus? Are we willing to tell this amazing, glorious news of Jesus to others? Let me pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for just this brief moment to, to simply dive into the, the last part of John 17 to, to wrestle through what does it look like that the world knows who you are. Lord, I pray that our oneness with you, that our, that our understanding of who the or what the gospel is because of what Jesus has done as the Father has sent the Son into the world, that we may have life, that he has given his life on a cross that we may be forgiven our sins and we may trust in you. Lord, I pray for the University of Kentucky students. Lord, that you would, would begin and continue working through this church, through other churches across Lexington to engage students with the gospel. Even on this campus, we have students from all over the world that have never heard of the hope of Jesus Christ. We have students from the, just, just around different cities and towns in Kentucky that have never heard of Jesus. We have people all across this city in Lexington that don't believe in you, that don't understand what it looks like to have a life that is all about your glory and not about our personal wants and desires. Lord, we pray that people would know this great gospel. Lord, may you challenge us and spur us and, and, and help us to desire to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around us. Lord, may we live out as sent out ones to bring the hope and glory of Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.